Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outweigh fam. I am sitting across from Mara Streppa, which we're on Zoom, but you're here in Nashville, right? Yeah. Okay. Because Mara is a singer-songwriter. And what I love about the conversation that we're going to have today for the Outweigh community and those that might be wrestling with whether or not they have an eating disorder or they're in the throes of it or they're on the other side and they're in recovery and they use Outweigh as a tool for that. However you're here and whyever you're here, I'm so excited that you're here for this episode because Mara being a songwriter, she is a storyteller and she's someone that lived with an eating disorder for most of her life. It was almost like you had an aha moment, like, oh, I have an eating disorder. Sometimes we're living in it and we don't even know And either it's denial or it's just 
you kind of don't know what you don't know. And you're like, oh, this type of behavior is this weird space of, because for me, orthorexia looked like that, Mara, where I was very controlled about certain foods and it had to be quote unquote clean and fit into my box, but I didn't realize how restrictive I was being. But because I wasn't purging in any way, then I was all good. I was fine. Right. Uh, everything was fine, uh, which it wasn't. So all that said, you have a beautiful song called Skinnier. And I want you to share some of your eating disorder journey, your story, the aha moment in college for you, being a singer songwriter, writing the song Skinnier. Like just tell us all the things. I'm throwing you the mic and now you've got the stage. Thank you again for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So yeah, it was similar for me where it was like, this is normal. The way that my behaviors are is just what, you know, society deems as normal. I think it's very obvious that our society, especially, you know, in the like 2010 onward for me, at least, cause I'm 21. So it was about 10 years ago where the behavior started, but it was just what was encouraged by society and like what people were told is deemed healthy. But yeah, pretty much it started with not feeling happy. When I looked in a mirror, I did dance growing up and I would always get really anxious putting on a leotard and those like show everything. And so it was hard being in a room with girls who have the ideal ballet body, so to speak, and not fit that mold. So it really started with that and just feeling like something was wrong with me. So that then reflected into restriction and, you know, asking my mom to take me to work out. And, you know, I was never like a sports person growing up, but I would ask to go to the gym and go to cycle classes. And I'd always be the youngest one there because what 10 year old goes to <laughs> a cycle class really in my mind, I was doing everything right. And I never saw a result, never felt like anything was changing. I distinctly remember when I had changed out of like the youth clothing, I was always a youth large and had gone to like adult. And I was so excited because I was a small, but it's like, obviously that's the change. But I was so upset that I always had that L on the label that finally having an S was like, such a relief. But then again, as I grew, it would get up and up and up and then it'd get back down because of the way that I'd restrict. And then once I got into high school, it turned into restricting and binge eating. So I would never eat lunch at school. But then right after there was like a Chipotle right next to my high school, I'd go and I would binge eat as much as I could before getting on the bus. And then once I had gotten my license, I would, again, not eat dinner, not eat lunch. And then when I told my parents I was going to the gym, I'd go through Bojangles and get as much food as I could. I would even, if I did go to the gym, I'd pick up food and lock myself in the bathroom and eat as much as I could. So it really became an unhealthy pattern when I realized that what I was doing was not helping my weight loss. Then I started going to the gym every single day for an hour, an hour and a half, High intensity boxing was like my thing. But then again, I'd be burning all these calories and then not eating and then being exhausted. And as a high school student, you know, I lived an hour away from my high school. So I'd be up from 
you know, 5 a.m. until right after high school, I'd have tennis practice and then I'd have a workout and then I'd go to the studio because I started doing music when I was in high school, professionally started doing music when I was in high school. And so I'd be running on fumes 24 seven, but that's what felt normal. I saw nothing wrong with it. I thought that I was doing everything right. And then once I got to college, started having a lot of anxiety because we had like the cafeteria. So you have a swipe and then access to so much food. And I just, every meal would binge. There was no way to stop myself. I'd feel sick to my stomach. I'd want to go throw up. Like it was just overwhelming. And then I tried to go to the gym and I just have a mental breakdown because I feel like nothing would work. So I went to the school therapist and she was like, you have an eating disorder. And I was like, no, I don't because my only knowledge was anorexia. And I was like, there's no way I'm not skinny. So I don't have an eating disorder. She's like, you 100% have an eating disorder and we're not fully equipped to deal with like the level that you're at. And so I was like, oh, got out of that meeting, called my dad, basically said everything that she had said. And then um, this was like right after Thanksgiving. So then we called the therapist that they recommended. And um, after the new year, I went and started therapy. Sorry, that <laughs> I'm getting emotional, but. I mean, obviously this is an emotional thing, but what is it about that particular story that brought the tears? I think it was more pride because <laughs> seeing where I am now versus um, where I was then is encouraging. And I am the youngest of five and my entire family is so supportive and always checking in and like, has been with me this entire journey, which a lot of people don't have. And it's amazing. I don't think I could have done it without all of their support. And even when I went to treatment, it was over Zoom because of COVID. And I was living with my aunt and uncle and my cousins at the time. And every single session, you know, they'd help me cook the food. They'd check in on me. We'd like do a family movie or like to play a game after so that they made sure like I was in the right headspace. And it's just without all of that support and love, like I don't think I would be as happy and secure in my recovery as I am today. So I think it was that. And also just the shame associated with it. Like that's obviously there. And I think admitting it for the first time to my dad, to somebody else was awful. <laughs> and so that definitely was part of the the emotions that came up too. I think it's natural for myself and anybody that I've talked to that has any type of eating disorder behaviors. Most of all of us have felt that shame for different reasons, whatever it may be. I just remember thinking if anybody ever knew what I was doing to myself right now, whether it be with food or how I was getting rid of the food or whatever, like I would just be mortified. So yeah, that shame is a real, is a real thing. So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. 
Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear, so if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew. And it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code OUTWAY at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women. The way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come along with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and, of course, drama. I'll be joined by some very special guests that'll be helping me break it all down. From award season nightmares to fashion week insanity, you'll get the real stories behind some of the most iconic moments in the show. The Rachel Zoe Project definitely changed my life and career in so many ways. The show definitely captured some of the most amazing moments, but also some of the absolute worst. I made the show for all the fashion lovers out there, and I'm so happy that people still watch it and love it so much. So do not miss this special takeover on Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Not believe I just said that. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I know you have a song called Skinnier that you wrote. Share with us a little bit about that and why it's so important to you. My typical songwriting is like honky tonk and upbeat, happy songs. And then I started writing more honest stuff. And 
you know, never thought to share it with anyone, just kind of make it more of like a vent session for me. And then my friend, Sam Hatmaker came over for a write. She was like, I have this idea. It's a little dark, but I always write with guys and I've never felt comfortable bringing it up with them. So, you know, I thought it'd be perfect to pitch to you. And she sang me this chorus and the lyrics are, would you like me more if I was a little less? Cause I feel ignored when I'm doing my best. The original lyric, we changed it, but the lyric that we changed it to is I'd hate to admit, I don't like myself either, but maybe I would if I was skinnier. So she sings this chorus and I'm like on the verge of tears. And we start getting in this conversation about our journeys with eating disorders and body dysmorphia. And I think it's a really common theme. That's like, I would be so much happier if I was skinnier. I know that's what I thought 24 seven. So we're writing this song and we're just really spilling out everything that our brains would make up when we were not okay. And I think there's a lot of songs out there that are about body positivity and like loving yourself. And those songs are great and totally needed. But I also think having a song that's just saying what is real and what you're thinking helps people realize that it's like, oh, I'm not the only person that thinks my life would be better if I lose weight. So that was kind of the goal when we wrote the song. The song's not out right now, but it will be in a couple of weeks. I'm going to play it actually at the Listening Room Cafe on December 3rd. So it will be teased and it'll be on all my social medias and you'll be able to hear clips and bits. Will that be your first time performing it live? No. So the reason that I even decided to put it out, because I've never talked about my eating disorder on social media. The only people that know are the people that kind of went through it with me and that I confided in about it. So again, I think that's a shame aspect. I just didn't want people to think that something was wrong with me because <laughs> obviously social media is kind of a highlight reel and this is not a highlight of my life. Now that I feel like I'm on the other side of it, it truly is. And I feel like I'm ready to share it. But I played this song at the listening room a few months ago and six or seven people came up to me after kind of explaining their journey and how much they could relate to the song. And I realized, okay, my goal with songwriting is to let people understand that their thoughts are similar to other people's and that they're not alone in their thoughts. So when I realized that people could relate to it, I was like, all right, if I put this song out and it helps one person realize that they're not alone and that, you know, being skinnier is not going to make them any happier, so to speak, then it's worth it. So there's never planning to put it out, but now we are and I'm nervous. But like I said, if it helps one person, then it's worth it. Yeah. Well, I think music is a great way to meet people where they are and what a gift that you have to be a storyteller and a singer and to be able to take something so personal and then pour it into what you're trying to pursue as a career and your passion and potentially help someone else. I feel like you'll reach more than one person, that's for sure. But I know that feeling. That's why we do this podcast. I never know what episode's going to hit with one person and be the reason why we even had a conversation or talked. But I feel like music is just such a gift and it's not the conduit to meet people with an eating disorder. 
mm-hmm. because that that's not the topic of conversation. I mean, you're right. There's the songs, the empowering body movement loves, but like you getting deep into the conversation of what you were chasing, the skinny, and that life is going to be better because of that and coming to it from such a place deep within you. I just feel like it's going to be a powerful way to meet people where they are. Thank you. I'm excited. And I think putting this all out there is just going to be helpful for me too, because it will generate conversations and even help me understand that I'm not alone in this. And although I've met so many people through treatment and through meetings and just through being conversational about it, I understand how helpful it is to know that you're not alone in this mindset. And the more people that realize that they're not alone in it, then it's the more people that can help change it and create a society where this mindset isn't the norm. Right. Because I mean, let's back up to the beginning of your story with that your brain started trying to figure this out for you and take care of you and being like, oh, you know, at 10, 10 years old, like I can find my way to fit in better in this world. I need to have my mom take me to spin class at 10 years old or whatever. Like you were looking for ways to make yourself smaller. Right. And in a lot of ways, and that's what happens is it's not just a body thing. It's making your brain smaller because then your brain is completely consumed with food and appearance and working out. And then you don't have really room or space for much else. Right. One of the other lyrics in the song is always looking for, it's the first lyric, but always looking for a distraction, leave the party before the party happens. And that was always a feeling. I'm like, recovery isn't linear. Even this Halloween weekend, I put on my costume and had a complete mental breakdown because I felt so unhappy with how I looked. And it's like, I don't even want to go put myself out there this weekend because of how I look. I'm so disgusted by what I see in the mirror. And I realized like, that's just not the way to live life. And I've worked so hard to be where I am now that it's like, I'm not going to let that voice, I'm not going to let Ed take this over, take this fun weekend away from me. One of the other lyrics on the other side of it is, um, thought I wasn't pretty or cool. So in brief, I got good at being the comic relief. And I know there's that movie Duff. It's like the designated ugly fat friend. And they're always the comedic relief. They're always the funny one, the self-deprecating jokes. I was always that person. I always thought that my humor and my self-deprecation would distract people. And so that's what I really pushed forward. But at the end of the day, I'm still, you know, thinking, oh, they probably thought this and this and this, and I should just stay home. And it's a whole thing. (laughs) So in recovery, since that is something that is new for you, how have you seen your world expand? I think generally just being happier and allowing myself to go do things and put on outfits that I love, like adjust to the style really feel like I like found my style this past these past few months and you know it'd always be oversized t-shirts and you know sweatpants I never wore jeans and now I'm wearing clothes that I like and that I connect with and I'm not letting how I feel about my body that day affect it and on that same note going out and doing things and being with my friends and sharing a meal with people that I care about and not letting you know, oh, if I eat this or this or this or this, like I'm going to 
spiral and just not letting that get to me and understand that like life is short and these moments are so important. And I look back at the way that I was living and, you know, regret not taking opportunities to be in my late teens, early twenties years. And these are, everyone says best years of your life. And I don't, I don't want to waste it being stuck in my mind. So that's definitely part of growing and being able to experience the entire world without, you know, something in the back of my head telling me I'm not worth discovering the world. Yeah. And I just hope others hear that as encouragement and you finding that at 21 is, is huge. Yeah. There's some teenage years, but also if you're listening to this right now and you're 61 and you're just now getting there, it's, Hey, at least the light bulb is starting to go off and it's happening for you. And you can start making that shift towards expanding your world and opening up your mind and not living so small. Cause it took, it took me late thirties to really, I can I think I had different times throughout my life where I thought I was, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm better now. And then, you know, you just kind of realize like, oh shoot, I just kind of transferred one eating disorder to the next or one disordered behavior to the next that was more socially acceptable. And then this next thing was acceptable. And then as we learn, evolve and grow, we're like, oh shoot, that's actually, again, that was another thing put on me by society, making it sound acceptable. So one of the lyrics in our opening theme song for Outweigh, which is a song that I wrote with Brittany Spencer, you know, call that way, but it's missing out on family meals around the table because what grandma made is bad and we're not able. And, you know, that could fit in. It may not be grandma. It might just be missing out on meals around the table with friends, missing out on going out with friends for X, Y, Z, because whatever is happening, we're not allowing ourselves to be a part of that for whatever reason. And that meal around the table and what grandma cook can represent different things for different people. But if that line or what Mara was sharing with you resonates, sit with that, spend some time. Because I know we have so many people listening that are kind of on that fence of like, I don't know, I don't think I have an eating disorder. But if you ever skip out on certain things or you're missing out on core memories or you're missing out on connection or your your brain is occupied with calories or this or that when you're sitting at the table when you should be in the moment or when you're going to get your next workout in or how you're going to not eat the next meal so you're going to go ahead and eat it all now. Just pay attention to those those things that happen inside your head when you are at the table. For sure. And thank you, Mara, for sharing your story and being that hope that recovery is possible and then also sharing your gift of music. And I encourage people to check out Skinnier podcasts are weird. So people might be listening to this well after December. So it's already out, but they, you can just search up skinnier and Mara Streppa, which is M-A-U-R-A-S-T-R-E-P-P-A. And then your Mara Streppa music on Instagram, right? Yeah. So if you want to check out your Instagram and thank you so much, I wish I could come to the listening room to hear skinnier on December 3rd. But if anybody else is in Nashville and can make it on that day. I don't think I'm in town, but if anybody else is in Nashville and you're listening and you want to go to the listening room that day, Mara will be performing skinnier. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me and creating a platform for people to further understand who they are and what they need and what how to best live their life. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your story.
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 